Hey everybody, it's Chris and Rick Talk Guitars, and today we are going to talk about this guitar that George Grun, and for those of you who don't know, but you're all, well, most of you are guitar players, so George Grun is like the authority figure for vintage guitars and guitars and musical instruments. He's the guy, the granddaddy of those kind of people. And he is now venturing into, well, he's he's dabbled in it before, but anyway, I'll talk about that later, but he's making a guitar now and it's called the Versitar. And, you know, there's tons of luthiers out there making guitars, making stuff. There's amp people, everybody's making stuff, which is cool. But a lot of the stuff is kind of just clones of things that have already been made. This guitar, he kind of had an idea to address some things he wanted to address, like having an, an acoustic that played kind of like an electric uh, being able to change necks on this acoustic guitar, putting the sound hole up in the upper bout rather than in the middle of the guitar to use less bracing so that the top is more vibrant and uh, different things that he thought would be would make it stand out. So it, it's not just another Martin clone or a Gibson clone. And so I was talking to Chris about this and and it started a really good conversation about that idea of you know making something that that actually kind of is different and serves a different set of needs rather than just making another telly or another strat or whatever and so yeah that that'll start the ball rolling chris you you got any uh, why don't you start with some of your thoughts about that i know you you had some some cool thoughts well the one thing that i took away from that the part that i really focused on is he's doing this for around two grand. So this is a handmade yeah. in America by a small shop, acoustic instruments, that's just no frills. It's all just function and, you know, good wood. It's put together yeah. by hand. He personally tests every one of these guitars. So that's the thing that I keyed into because I love to see that. And I kind of agreed with a lot of the things he said. I mean, the world doesn't need another Martin because Martin's uh, you know, already doing them great, which I agree with 100%. Yeah. But, you know, even two D18s can sound completely different. You know, yeah. they're, but I get what he's saying. A Martin does have a sound. A Martin D18 yeah. doesn't sound like a D28 at all, but there is a Martin sound, that yeah. woody, dry sound. One of the things that he talked about, and I appreciate this in any instrument, is he says, when you play this instrument, it brings things out of you. It makes you play a different way. Yeah. He said, and the reason he said that is because it doesn't sound like any other instrument, you know, another acoustic guitar, or it doesn't feel like any other guitar because it plays like an electric. So I thought that was really cool. And I have experienced that. I've experienced that with like a baritone that I had on loan for a while. It's just like something completely new. And you get this and instantly you're inspired and, you know, things come out of that. So that I thought that was really cool. I just I just I've always been a fan of that guy. I used to yeah. read his articles in Guitar Player magazine in the 70s and 80s and I always was fascinated by him. He scared me a little bit. He scared the <laughs> shit out of me because I thought he seemed like someone that would like would like yell at me because I mentioned the wrong kind of bracing or something. Right. In the guitar. But he's not. I mean, he's totally cool. He seems I've I've he watched is. a few videos with him and he just seems like a really cool dude with a ton of knowledge. I'd love to talk to that guy. Yeah. And I'm glad you mentioned price. Because that is another thing that I was shocked at. And I came upon this listening to a podcast, the Fretboard Journal, shout out to Fretboard Journal. But Jason, the interviewer, was surprised too at the price. And how could you do this in the US and make it the way you're making it and still have the price point be so good? And and he, you know, he went through the the reasons that he's able to do that. But the whole thing just to me harkened back to Leo's kind of whole you know, um idea of I want to make a good 
affordable guitar that can be well serviced easily for the working musician essentially and he did that and and his you know obviously his instruments live on for years and years and years and so that kind of resonated with me too when george was talking about that the price point and the serviceability of the guitar and like you said uh it being kind of a source of inspiration like there's there's something that you know if you play the guitar that it, it will inspire you and yeah so i thought that was cool too i i, I definitely felt a, a tie-in to leo's uh kind of initial mission statement or or idea no one thing i noticed when he was talking about that is i kind of really miss the way things used to be even though i wasn't around you know during <laughs> the war you know <laughs> it used to be like you take the, the company martin what they used to do is they made a, you know, they made a handmade guitar and, uh -huh. you know, they had different ranges, you know, like deluxe and, you know, upper ranges. And what determined that was just like, they, they were just simpler. They were simpler, yeah. plainer. They were all quality, but they yeah. were just simpler. And the way that things have evolved, especially in this country is like, take it. I have this Gibson, a 1979 Gibson The Paul, which is a stripped down, yeah. you know, solid mahogany, ebony guitar is made really really well it plays really great that guitar didn't do very well because a lot of people they would rather have a japanese les paul custom than a stripped down model guitar that's just a better instrument but it's just yeah. plainer and simpler no frills and that's the way i mean that's the way martin's guitar were if you look at the catalogs the woods they used the inlay they used everything you know as you went up the chart it was just a little bit more fancy but the guitars were all really really cool and that's what this guitar sounded like it sounded like really well done it's got a tasty you know nitrocellulose finish just a yeah. really matte thin finish so you know it's going to be quality when i saw the picture it totally reminded me of when I worked at Emerald City Guitars, we carried the Tacoma line. I guess he actually designed that line. Yep. So they're kind of similar to that. And I remember those very well. They made the Papoose. You remember that? The Tacoma yep. Papoose, which yeah. was a short scale. I think it was tuned to an A. I remember those and the, and the full-size guitar shoes. I thought they sounded really good. They were just a little too funky. I mean, I'm kind of conservative in my taste for acoustic instruments, but yeah. listening to him talk and like looking at the pictures of what he's making now, it's, I'd love to have one. Because like he said, it's a different instrument. You know, you put it in there with your guitars and you can still have your other guitars because you're getting something completely different. And that is what's cool about this is like you said, I mean, acoustics in general have a sound. I mean, for the most part, there's, there's different models of Gibsons, but within those models, there's distinct sounds the martins you talked about gills even all have their own kind of distinct sound and so it is kind of neat that his idea is the thing that i just thought was so cool is it's very thoughtful and i guess he's been wanting to do this for a long time and you know the tacomas came out a long time ago and so he's attempted to do this a couple times and he worked with um i think it was taylor guild too. Or guild guild yeah, yeah that's in right. the 80s. Guild. yeah and so i guess it's a passion that he's had for a long time He's super smart. He 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 approaches musical instruments from kind of a, a scientific mindset because he's got a degree in zoology. And yeah, I was just struck by the thoughtful approach that he took to this instrument. And he, and what's cool about it is he can tell you all the reasons why things are the way they are with this guitar. And that is so cool. Like you said, the nitrocellulose finish. He doesn't even put pore, fin pore filler on the wood because it dampens the sound a little bit so you know he wants the wood to be as lively as it can be and we're kind of living in a golden age of abundance because there are tons of luthiers making great instruments and 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 pedals and amps but a lot of them are are kind of just rehashing you know tellies and strats and and kind of i guess maybe they think they're adding 
some features that improve or make them better. But a lot of these guitars that were built, they they kind of just did it, you know, almost completely right. The first, like a Tele or a Strat or, right. you know, they kind of did it right. So if you're going to do something, try to do something different. Try to try to address something that maybe people haven't thought about or, and that's, that's why this kind of resonated with me so much. It's like, yeah, he's doing something he's make he's, you know, he's throwing his head in the ring as a luthier, but it's a totally different angle on, on things that people aren't doing right now. So I thought that was really cool. It is, but it's really, I mean, I understand that it's, it's really hard. I mean, they, like you said, they nailed the amplifier and they nailed yeah. the guitar in the fifties, <laughs> you know? So anything, and, I mean, and guitar players, myself included are pretty conservative. I mean, I don't want an electric guitar that's like cutting edge. Like maybe it's got no headstocks or the strings yeah. are, you know, in the back or anything yeah. weird like that. I like, <laughs> you know, I like the classic instruments that made the classic music. And so, and I'm sure there's a lot of people like that, but I know there are, there would be people who are into innovation. It's interesting to me that modern instruments are, they're more consistent, yeah. but they're also more ordinary. So, yeah. I mean, back in the day where you could get two 60s Les Pauls or something like that, and you grab one and one's like, this is a great guitar. It doesn't feel anything like this. Yeah. They were all almost completely handmade, where now, that's another thing that's sort of funny, that a lot of people believe that in a guitar factory, you just turn on a CNC machine and it spits out a guitar. There's still <laughs> a lot of handwork done on those instruments, and depending on you know where it sits in the line, yeah. you may have you know very little or a lot of like hand. I mean, it's still a lot of handwork done in creating a guitar. Yeah, and and a lot of luthiers that I I've listened to interviews with and things like that. Depending on the luthier, right? I mean, it's a big company. They're you know they're trying to accommodate a larger quantity of you know right. stuff, but they have like applied like CNC or things like that to certain operations that just help them do it faster. But they still do a lot of handwork, like you're saying, well, uh, on on the the instrument in general. So it's still, for all intents and purposes, a hand built instrument. But they do use some modern machinery and for certain aspects of the build because it just helps them. You know, so, some luthiers are are older, and you know their body just can't take the doing some of these repetitive tasks or or the task in general. Or you know, there are various reasons why they do it. But um, yeah, it really helped get the price of guitars down. But yeah, it's like you say, there's there's certain aspects that are really good for that pickup routes and things like that, or putting the ferrule holes in the back of guitars. But still, I mean, they don't cut the neck, you know, I mean, they yeah, get it pretty yeah. close. The guitars that do do that, that are like computer controlled, so supposedly can get to with a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of an inch or whatever. <laughs> Those feel like that to me. You know what I mean? Me too. Yeah. They just feel kind of clubby and generic. And maybe that's partially just me, just the way I think. But I remember an example, a Gibson example that I've experienced personally. If you go out and you can find one of the 80s, the early 80s Les Paul studios, yeah. so you know what? Some of the first ones, they were, they had like older bodies and they had like dot markers. Pick one of those up and play it. The neck is awesome on those. The neck is almost like a standard neck or something like that. And once they got into the 90s, they got into that, what I think that, that clubby kind of like feeling where it's just like, yeah. it's a nice guitar. It's a quality guitar, but it's just no, it just doesn't feel like there's no character to it. And it's the same thing with Fender. I mean, I have a, a 52 reissue that has a really nice neck that fits a hand really well. Yeah. And I have a Mexican standard from the um, mid, the mid 90s. And that's just kind of clubby. You know, it's it's not bad. Yeah. It's a nice guitar. And I'll play it, but it doesn't have that special something. Well, I feel the same way. I think a lot of the older instruments just have that feel like they were built in a factory, mostly by people doing a lot of 
labor to build this guitar, you know, and there's just something that is, is kind of captured in that, in, in these different instruments. And I think getting back to what we're talking about, about George Groon's guitar, I think he's trying to do that too. He's trying to, the, the thing I thought that was interesting though, he was, he was talking about like really ramping up production in kind of a short amount of time. And I'm like, why, what's the hurry? You know what I mean? Like, I guess maybe he has to pay for, you know, the, the operation or whatever, but I don't know. It's like, I don't think you need to rush to make a, a large quantity of these guitars. I think, I think you, you know, cause your approach is, is sound. Just make a really cool, unique thing that serves the purpose you're trying to do. But yeah, I thought that was interesting how he's talking about that. Do you remember do that? Do you remember, Martin? do you remember how many he was putting out? A, a no, day? I don't, but he was talking about it was like, a very small amount, <laughs> Yeah, but, but, but per week he was talking about like 20 per week or something or some crazy. Yeah. And I'm like, how do you, how are you going to do that? Like, but, but again, I mean, that's what he wants to do, but, I just, yeah, I just thought it was, it, it kind of, you know, it, it kind of resonates with you and I because we, you know, we hearken back to those guitars that like we were talking about, just have this kind of soul or character to it. You know, some of it might be that it's played a lot too, that are used instruments, but like you're saying, like the Paul, or, I mean, that's just a stripped down instrument, but it's just a quality instrument or even the junior or or like you're saying, a studio, like an old, the older studio, the early, early studios, like a lot of those are great guitars and even some of the newer ones. But yeah, I mean, the thing I, I just really appreciate is somebody in this day and age who can, and it is harder now, harder and harder because so many people are in the game, but somebody who actually is thoughtful about what they're going to build and they have an idea of the, you know, what, what issues they're going to try to address. And um, so far he's, you know, he, he knows everybody. So, you know, a bunch of high profile players have played these guitars and raved about them. So, um, it's kind of cool. Yeah. I want to play one. I'd play one. Do I kind of do too. You remember those Tacomas, don't you? I do, man. Because I think, um, I don't know Jay carried them or he did. Yes. Yeah. 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 He oh. carried them. Yeah. Yeah. I remember them distinctly. Yeah. But I like you too. I'm, you know, they were a little weird and even his design is weird for me. Like aesthetically, they're kind of weird looking, but I mean, they sound, and it's like they play really well too. So the one thing that is so funny, this is my weirdness with like design aesthetics. The one thing I didn't like about it uh-huh. is the it's got a three screw truss rod cover, and that just bugs the shit out of me. That just <laughs> it just seems cheaper to me. Like if you look at all the old mandolins and all you know everything like from Gibson, they had right. like two screws on the on the high end ones, and yeah. it's always the cheaper ones. That have three <laughs> screws. So I'm like, oh man, if you would have put That's, two screws, <laughs> such a nerdy, too many. yeah. But That's I don't know. I, I notice that all the time. If it's a Gibson style guitar and it doesn't have two screw truss rod cover, it just looks cheap to me. And it, yeah. it, even if it's not, it looks cheap to me. Yeah, you're saying though aesthetically, it's it looks totally different than any acoustic because the sound hole is up on the upper bout. And but there's a reason for that, right? They can use less less bracing on the top, and and hopefully that translates to more movement and more, uh, you know, more of a vibrant sound from the wood. But um, right, yeah, it's different, and it's got a bolt-on neck. So you know, he he says you can have you know whatever neck shape you want, a C, a hard V, a soft V, whatever. And it's just a mat, and and he's using rather than wood screws into the body, he's using um, these kind of furniture screws that screw into metal. Um, yeah, I think you know, Taylor uses right. those too. Oh, do they? Yeah. yeah, I think Martin might even for their um, their bolt on next too. Oh, cool. But again, like I just you know he just him describing the process and and 
it, he's thought a lot about this and it's it, it's just so cool to see something like this you know in this day and age so hats off to him and yeah i'd like to play one too i, I, I hopefully one will make its way this I, it probably will thunder something. road guitars will probably get one or oh, something yeah. <laughs> you know i need to get a hundred of them and did you have you ever been to groon guitars i never have i'd like to i've been there once it was great. was it cool it was super yeah. cool it was in the second location not their current location it was the second oh, okay one. so it was still by the ryman and i went in That's there cool. i had to wait around for a while because i got there early and they weren't open yet but i went in there and the thing that i, I noticed first about is everybody was super nice and friendly oh, that's so cool. and welcoming and I, I mean i remember walking in and the first thing i saw on the right was a whole wall full of 60s and 50s juniors <laughs> and I'm like, wow and he saw me drooling all these feel free to play anyone you want i'm like oh wow. that's so cool super and he started asking me questions about where i was from and all that shit. so no it was very cool I've been to that's awesome. Nashville a couple times since then, but I haven't been back. But I would go the next time. Well, we might have to do a field trip. There you That'd go. Fun. No, but I, I, um, yeah, I would love to go there. I'd love to go to Carter. I'd love to go to the the, the big guitar stores around the nation. But yeah, it's neat to hear that the place is welcoming and it is there was nice people. And I mean, it, yeah, he, he's got such a storied past. Like it's so cool that like Hank Williams Jr. helped him get his start doing this. One thing I really respect about him is he was really pragmatic about, I mean, I remember reading articles in the late seventies, early eighties, his column where he was talking about the ongoing saga of the American guitar. And he was really printed some favorable things about like the Japanese guitars at the time, which were really good. And that's kind of what he said. And he was like, the, hopefully this will make the American guitar players kind of like up their game. Yeah. And it actually did. But he was, I mean, even though he was like, has some of the m most brilliant instruments, you know, ever, he has appreciation for a good instrument, no matter yeah. where it comes from. You know what I mean? Exactly. I, I always thought that was really cool too. Like he said, I mean, he's got like, I can't imagine the Martins he's probably got in his oh, personal yeah. collection, but he said that's yeah. all that new guitar is all he's playing these days. Well, I, I dig that about him too. And he he's, he's a pragmatist, you know, if, if he sees an instrument that's built well and sounds good and he's gonna, he's going to give it props. But, and like you say, he's seen probably more Martins than you and I have will ever see in our lifetime. I mean, the pre-war ones and all the golden age of, of those guitars. And so he knows all about them. I mean, he knows, you know the the different bracing patterns like the woods they use and the different you know so it's it's cool it is i, I yeah i i just totally dig that about people like him who were so steeped in knowledge about you know instruments who who are pragmatic they're not they don't really have an ego they're just like hey the, you know i've been doing this all my life and it's my passion and and yeah i think that's so cool and like he said fender and Martin and Gibson, they're making, you know, some of the, the best guitars they've ever made right now. You yeah. know what I mean? So like if a lot of people slag on those brands, they're trying to sell guitars to everybody on the planet. I mean, all guitar <laughs> companies are now. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff, you know, that's may not be that great, but I mean, you can still get a really, really good Gibson. You can still get a really, really good Fender. You can still get a really, really good Martin. So that was his point is like, he didn't want to do anything like that. If he was going to do something, he was going to try to do something that isn't you know there's not it's not in the market currently yeah and i'm I, yeah i'm excited to see them more widely because I, yeah that price point is pretty crazy for the guitar you're, that somebody's going to get for that price 
Right. That's a great, that's a great price. And that, and that's another thing I just totally appreciate about him is he said, I want, you know, a, a working musician to be able to afford this guitar. There are luthiers out there that make these beautiful guitars that cost $10,000 and they put them in a case or whatever. Vintage instruments are way out of the reach of the average player. And so this is just another thing I really appreciate about his efforts is he wants to try to make them affordable for, for average people to buy them. Right. And that's so cool. And he does, he wants to make them so that hopefully they are, they stick around for a long time and people will appreciate them and talk about them, you know, in, in the same breath as a Martin or a Gibson or, or a Guild, you know? And right. so Guild. again, I just, yeah. Yeah, I, I I forgot that he had worked for Guild for a short time. I saw he had a prototype that I I saw a picture of somewhere, which was a double cutaway Guild, um, oh, wow. and it and it was a jumbo size. It was double cutaway, but it, the cutaways were like a three thirty five kind of like oh wow horn. So it looked super cool. Guild is a great American guitar company. I don't think that yeah. company gets enough props. Oh, I love Guild. Uh, yeah, I think they're some of the best guitars ever made. They're they're built built really well they sound great and um again they had their heyday in the 70s and do you know much about ovation and the and the plastic back like that whole how that kind of got started i mean because they had their time in the sun too in oh the they 70s, were the, everybody like, played them it, i and yeah. this is from what i gathered from you know just reading listening to interviews and people hear people talk about them they hated them but it was like the only <laughs> thing that would do what they needed it to do it had a pickup in it it could play it didn't feed back right so right everybody used those for a while they were they were everywhere you know what i mean but a yeah. lot of people were like there was always something like yeah i'm using ovation but i don't you know i use my martin at home but i don't because it's like i don't really like this thing but it's the only thing i that can do what i need to do right now and yeah now you know they had the pickups were shit back then really i mean yeah so they got better yeah well i guess that was the, that was what they were trying to address then essentially is playing an acoustic electrically without feedback and and having it sound like an acoustic yeah 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 but they had a distinct sound too all their own but yeah, yeah. i yeah i thought i thought they were cool i played a few of them that were that were pretty cool they're kind of annoying they slide off you when you try to play them, but <laughs> they did have their own sound yeah yeah and everybody yeah i remember mac davis Glenn Campbell, remember like all these guys playing. Well, cool. I think I think we covered it, man. I think we we gave props to um good old George for coming up with a a unique guitar that that serves a unique set of purposes. And um I wish him well and I, I can't wait to see one in person. I, I think it'll be cool. All right. All right, everybody. Hey, thanks so much for listening and give us some props too on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and wherever you listen to podcasts and keep emailing us. We really appreciate you people out there chatting with us and giving us ideas. We really appreciate it. Goodbye. <laughs>